Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Folks, we have Wayne Walden here. Now, you may not know Wayne, but you will know Wayne uh, by the time we're through. And he was doing some exercises and getting ready for for our interview. <laughs> go, go, Wayne. And uh, but that's that's explainable and it's understandable because Wayne is a uh, an ex retired army person. Uh, is that retired or ex? I know in the Marines are never ex, but what are you in the army? Um. Retired works. Uh, veteran You're too retired. Young to be retired militarily retired, but uh, he's no. Military retired. I, uh, I exited the military in December of 2009. 2009. So you were there in the military when the things got really hot. Um, yes, I was in ROTC um, in college from 2000 to 2004 at Furman University and uh, deployed in 07. So, yes, ma'am. Well, we have time. I'll ask you some questions about the military life is because I know uh, you have to – I don't understand this, though. You have to be bright to get into the military because they take the – they take the uh, – what's it, GAPI test? Uh, ASVAB, I believe, was the one – they might have changed since then, but uh, ASVAB is usually the aptitude test if you're like, you know, at a recruiting station or yeah. something um, to see what uh, you might – your aptitude might be and what you might like best in each service. Yeah, but it, it always surprises me that they only select the best and the brightest to go into the military. Uh, on, uh, I feel like they have someone good with PR marketing selling that, that out there. Say, we, okay. we have a lot of everyone in the military, but okay. we all love each other across the board. Oh, all right, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, Wayne is um, has an interesting career, and I'm going to let him tell you about it, but uh, he, it started off in Florida, where he was, he's from, uh, in Orlando. So, Wayne, can you, you know, tell the audience, tell us to, uh, what, you know, how, what you did when, from Florida till maybe five years ago? Were you uh, in school? Where did you go to school? Were you only a child? What did you, how would you do? You can talk all you want. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So we'll just try to walk through. It might be the easiest. So I was born, um, I grew up in the Southeast, which always drives my friends crazy. It was like, where are you from? But, uh, my dad worked for the government at this point, uh, after he'd gotten out of the military. So we moved every, you know, four to five-ish years. So I was born in Tampa Bay. Don't really remember it because we moved when I was around five. And then we went to Orlando where we ended up in Seminole County in Oviedo, Florida. And then after that, we hopped up to Brunswick, Georgia, St. Simons Island area, where um, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, so Glencoe, Fletzy is there, where my dad kind of finished out his career. And, what did your dad do? Uh, he was a federal investigator at oh, that okay. point, and then he was helping him with training on the back end. Uh, regarding my family, uh, I have a mother and father, which makes sense biologically, I guess. But uh, <laughs> no, I, Not necessarily, but go that's ahead. That's how it came about, but... Um, and one sister who's three years younger than me. So I was always a senior when she was a freshman and ended up going to college up at Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina from 2000 to 2004. 
And I was lucky enough to have my sister there with me. I was always a senior and she was a freshman. I was in high school or anything else. So she went to the same school and she ended up staying in Greenville. It's where her and my lovely niece and family reside now in the upstate of South Carolina. And uh, for myself from there, um, like I said, we kind of covered that. It was an RTC. And I reported to Fort Benning um, in June of 2004. Yep, June of 2004 from Officer Basic Training Course. And I think that caught us up to five years ago. Oh, no, it's 2018. There's a lot more stuff to go through. That gives it a good yeah. jumping off point to begin <laughs> with, though. So that was kind of the start of my military time and a little bit of my background growing up. You were infantry, too. You were infantry? Yes, ma'am. What does infantry mean to you as opposed to artillery or some other service, uh, MOS? Well, um, we are the best. So well, besides that, that is obviously what we said. Marines, well, everyone in the Marines is a rifleman, of course. So they'll let you know that one. Um, but no, uh, infantry was I always kind of wanted to, well, I wanted to fly. I'll go back to this. So everyone who saw Top Gun as a child wanted to be really cool and be like Maverick and fly planes really fast. And I loved roller coasters. That being said, Probably wasn't gonna be able to do that from even a vision standpoint, best of the best. And then I was like, probably not gonna be a flyer. At which point, if you can't fly them, might as well try to jump out of them. And uh, <laughs> infantry looked like it would be an exciting experience, also. So that was the path I chose. And you know, a lot of that's influenced by kind of who you interacted with in RTC and who you looked up to. And I had a first sergeant, uh, first sergeant Moore, who was our you know guy that was part of our training, and he was a 75th Ranger Regiment guy. And you know. I thought I wanted to be like that dude. He was inspiring to me, so I ended up following that path. Were you airborne? I mean, you had the airborne, right? Right. So I, I, had, I had little flair for an officer, but, you know, every single person would tell you that I'm a five-jump chump, which means I basically went to jump school, but then the unit I went to after wasn't, you know, like the 82nd, or it wasn't a jumping unit, mm-hmm. per se. So I was airborne qualified, you know, had my parachutist wings or whatever, but... um that was really it. I uh, ended up going to a mechanized unit afterwards, um, so wasn't really jumping then. And then, you know, the air assault and other selective flare and that sort of thing, but I wasn't in a full jump unit now. So, so what when you were back in school, what did you major in? I majored in history for undergrad. History. So here is a jumper from a plane who majored in history, and and today. You are, and you went to graduate school when you got out, right? Yes. So I um, was in the military from 04 till you know, December 2009. And uh, when I was kind of transitioning out, uh, working with you know, different organizations um, you know, across the board, and I'm sure we'll touch on a few of them, but ended up staying local to the D.C. area and uh, went to Georgetown for grad school. And majored in history there, too? No, I went to the McDonough School of Business, so MBA program MBA. at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you had the history uh, undergrad and the MBA business in the graduate school. And then did you go directly to what you're doing now, a company? Did you find it? No. So from 2010 to 2014, um, well, 2010 to 2013 was when I was in grad school at Georgetown. And at that point, I was working for my first civilian job um, in an aerospace defense contracting company called General Dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, which a was small a small one, little one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's 
So I was with GD um, at that point, and, you know, they've gone through so many machinations since there of all the, you know, changing over and other everything else that they've done. But uh, I was with General Dynamics, kind of hooked up with them through another one of the organizations, uh, Sentinels of Freedom. That's, you know, big job is basically, you know, reintegration through education and, you know, job and employment. Um, and that was one of the companies I looked at. And it was a really good fit at the time. And I was with them from 2002 till 2014 when I started my company with um, associate who I met at Georgetown. 2002 to 2014, 12 years. 2010 to 2014. Okay. So basically I was working and going to evening program. It was their EP program. So that's why it was a three-year. So I was with General Dynamics during the day and then with grad school at night. No, folks, you're going to see his picture on uh, on the uh, on our brochure, on our flyers, et cetera, and you would be surprised how long, young he looks. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you've, you know, you look like you've just graduated from college. Oh, that's and, that's very, flattery will get you everywhere <laughs> that one. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's funny. Um, I actually, I had some friends who would deploy and they'd come back, one of them, I mean, there's no exaggeration with white hair. The guy was like 25 years old. Black hair is going to be, came back, silver foxes could be. I managed to get myself injured, go through most of my rehab at Walter Reed, everything else, and probably still have brownish, whatever, blonde hair. And I did not have a single gray or silver hair until I started working in the civilian world and going to grad school. So it's <laughs> ironic that that somehow stressed me more than my other experiences, but... uh it, it, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get through it. But thank you for the compliment. Again. You're very welcome. And you mentioned uh, that you were, were uh, going through real rehabilitation. Uh, do you mind telling you know, listeners what, what happened and what you're doing and what, what your situation is? Sure. So um, I was in from, like I said, 2004, 2009. I went on my first deployment um, in January of 2017 when we were surging over. I was with the uh, 3rd Infantry Division um, out of Fort Benning, actually, their 3rd Brigade, with a 269 armor, the an infantry guy. And I uh, was injured only about six and a half months, six and over months, into an 18-month deployment um, by IED. And uh, that's what ended up bringing me to D.C., straight from deployment back here through the uh, old Walter Reed that used to be off of Georgia before it uh, consolidated up over at Bethesda Naval Medical. So... When I say rehab, that was the rehab I was doing for uh, my leg and some burns and some stuff. But I uh, did that from you know, July 11, 2007 through uh, basically you know, the initial stuff through about 2008. And then 2008, 2009 was trying to figure out what to do and uh, didn't kind of want to settle, if you will, and go back home to what was you know, in theory a safe place, as I put that in air quotes. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just going home because I was kind of running from the area, (laughs) um, but I was at least wanting to, you know, give DC a try or, you know, stay outside of my comfort zone a little bit instead of retreating away. And it's, uh, it's been a really good decision, but, you know, I have a lot of really good people to thank for, you know, supporting me throughout that time. But yeah, so I'm still in DC, kind of been on and off since, again, 07, obviously initial, but more or less full time since 2010. Well, uh, that brings us to what he's doing now. Um, I, I, know of Wayne and uh, now I've met Wayne because he hired a friend of mine and somebody <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't you know I, I didn't know him but uh, she, she would talk about the hiring experience and I thought golly I wish other companies were like this for there was, I mean this is a humane way of hiring and it's humane society so I want to let him tell you uh, how he hires and about his company 
First of all, do you have a, a partner in a company too, don't you? Yes. Okay. So this company is. It's it's Reveille Group, which is apparently easier to say than when people read it, which is a story in itself. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it hard for people to jump to. It's a little obstacle to jump over. So Reveille is the company, and he has a partner who mm -hmm. just gave birth to a baby. Yes, a child. I mean, she gave birth to. Yes, indeed. <laughs> she gave birth to an adult. <laughs> yes, it, it is a normal human child. <laughs> That's very healthy, and we're very happy for right. the new addition. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so back up a little bit. So, tell us about your your company, and and then we can talk about how you hire. Sure. Um, so, you know, I worked. You know, a, a lot of the stuff when you get out of the military is, you know, how do you translate that skills into you know civilian resume or whatever else, and that's what a lot of like the programs are there. You know, from TAP to you know a lot of nonprofit organizations as they you know, keep evolving that process. Um, if you're going to make that transition, how to do it successfully. Um, so for myself, uh, when I ended up getting out, um, a part of the MBA, you know, thanks to, you know, different programs and scholarships and stuff, was able to pursue that route and try to get caught up more or less with my peers, um, people that had, you know, gone right into the workforce after college and, you know, who have really impressive resumes and are working for awesome consulting firms. So I kind of needed to at least have the MBA in my pocket to even kind of catch up with that base. And, you know, Georgetown did a great job of that for me over at McDonough, um, who actually do a really great job from their school of foreign services and everything else. Just a quick plug on that. They do work with a lot of military and a lot of it's to do with the area also. But, you know, it was a fantastic experience for me and, you know, one I was grateful for. And then while I was there, I met uh, Cella Rhodes at the time. Um, excuse me, Cella Moon, now Cella Rhodes at the time who, uh, you know, we were in classes going through a lot of stuff, but she was with Deloitte at this point, but had, you know, she was UVA undergrad, had been in the area, knew the consulting space, and uh, we just became great friends as we were talking about it, um, kind of the pros and cons of what we liked about our jobs and maybe, you know, some of the things that we would do different, vice versa, and we kind of happened upon it one day, more or less, and... I don't know how people start businesses on their own. It's beyond me. So to all those entrepreneurs out there, congratulations who <laughs> did you do that you. on your You're own welcome. across the, <laughs> uh, did you do that across the board from scratch? Um, it is very nice to start it with someone. So you don't feel like you're taking crazy pills and I just credit to any of those who are able to do it. So I, at least we had a buddy system in place to keep us both on track, both accountable and, uh, you know, couldn't have honestly had a better experience than anyone doing it. So we stood it up in 2014. 2014. Mm -hmm. Well, what, tell us what your business is, first of all. So, you know, it's always a chicken of the egg a lot with, you know, government contracting, if you will. So, you know, you need the past performance to bid on a contract. You need to work with the Army, the clearance to work on this contract, but it takes a year to get a clearance. So it's always, you know, challenging from that aspect, really kind of starting from scratch in a space that was kind of contracting at the time. No pun intended. It was, you know, a smaller market, if you will. But, you know, with our backgrounds and, you know, with the MBA and kind of betting on ourselves more or less, like we figured we could do it. And yeah, just tried to really leverage, you know, ourselves, which that's all we already had at that point, um, you know, to direct bill ourselves first. So we start growing the company efficiently um, and just really building it from scratch in that manner, I guess. So, you know, with that from, you know, finding your lawyers, finding your accountants, you know, getting all your stuff in place, but still trying to not go into the red, um, 
while trying to do your VD, while getting your website put together and just kind of everything from scratch. So you're not having to pay out for it. It was just kind of a fun, challenging time, if you will. And uh, you know, started in January that year and we ended up by October. We won our first contract, which is pretty cool. A government contract is you have to... Uh... Government contract. Um, but the thing was, like you said, you know, what were you really doing? What is your business model to get back to that? So really, it's strategic consulting services, and that's what we can say we did. So helping people accomplish their mission and goals. I mean, at a very, very high level, it's that. You know, specifically now, as we've, you know, are a little bit more robust in our portfolio without being everyone or everything to everyone, if you will. You know, really try to play, you know, strategic consulting services, you know, the data analytics world, and then kind of the marketing and communications world at a very, very high level. And of course, all those have components of it. But, you know, services-based firm in that space, and we've evolved from the, you know, the public federal space, if you will. So, you know, Department of Education, Treasury, things like that to where if you are trying to penetrate the government market, if you will, um, a little bit easier because the barriers to entry aren't as high, say, as versus like something in the intelligence community space, like for the CIA or like DOD, where, you know, your company needs a facility clearance, you know, to kind of even bid on the work to begin with. Um, and we've also tried to broaden our market as well with government consulting. So initially you're just, you know, the pool of things you can go after might be limited by, you know, what your registrations are, everything else. Um, and then you start getting past performance and building that out. And then you can kind of expand your pool and, you know, your targets to go after. So getting on, you know, like GSA schedules, um, you know, different contract vehicles and pursuing those sort of routes. And and you're now on some uh, some open contracts, open uh, contracts you can bid on mm-hmm. in the past. You know, it, it's useful to recognize that you are also an uh, a, a service-disabled, better-known business. Yep, we're service-disabled, better-known small business. You know, VA, CV certified. Though that's kind of bouncing back and forth with who's going to own that SBA or the VA at this point. Right. <laughs> How long it takes to uh, uh-huh. own that sort of thing? And we're also hub zone and a small business. You know, whatever registrations are there, um, you know, we're not in 8A uh, just from the way we were formed up. But, uh, you know, things like that, sometimes you can get, you know, set-asides for certain things or where, like, they're specifically trying to reach contracting goals. But, you know, from the government standpoint, they've done a lot of the agencies, that is. They tend to meet their uh, services able better on small business goals. Um, so it's a credit to them. You know, usually they're surpassing their actual limits um, on that, which is nice. But, uh we are proud of being a service able better on small business and, you know, hiring military when we can. And, you know, just kind of a lot of our philanthropic endeavors are, you know, we try to contribute to things like that, too, and stay involved. You know, when, uh, when I started, uh, you know, when I met you and talked about you, uh, the idea of you being a better known business didn't even dawn on me, didn't even click. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, you see, everybody's a better known business until I met you. <laughs> right. Um, or their wife is or their husband is or whatever. Uh, and uh, I didn't think about the uh, the military, the veteran side of it from the interviewing per- perspective. But you are all those things. You are a veteran. You have a better known business. So tell me, besides whether it helps you or not, what is the what is the the thing you take away from all of this? What is it that you enjoy most about being all those all those categories? Right. So lead me back to the water here. If I stray on this one, if I'm not really answering your question as correctly or drilling down to the point you're looking to make on this, but you know, what do I enjoy most? 
about like just being a small business owner in general from my perspective and probably sells just, you know, kind of controlling your own destiny in that, but you kind of touched base on earlier the hiring process and you know, we pride ourselves as a small business from, you know, having an actual review structure and, you know, upper and building a company for something that seems what I would say probably is more sophisticated than most and something we're really proud of and we've invested time in. Just because, you know, the processes we went through actually works with uh, a West Pointer, Jessica Kinjimi, who, you know, is an all-star for us. And that was actually Susan's first point of contact. And it's really kind Susan of trusting. Susan is our, our friend, my friend, uh, and, yes. and his employee. <laughs> <laughs> our, our team member, not employee. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Jessica met her and just had a great feel. And we, we invest a lot of, when you say time or resources on the front end, on you know, finding not only the right fit for whatever the roles we're going after, um, from you know our perspective as Revly Group, but also that question that I think needs to always be asked or that we value is like, you know, yes, you look great on paper. Yes, we like you. Yes, you could be a good fit from this role. But really trying to understand, you know, what that person wants in their next job. Like, why are they looking? Are they ending a contract? Are they looking for a new challenge? Are they looking for you know some work-life balance? really not only kind of checking all your blocks as an organization, but then trying to figure out what that person wants has led to us um, having great retention and really it just makes our job easier. We have people that are on site for the right reasons, motivated for whatever else, but it's finding a good fit for both sides, not um, it just works for us great. We're going to hire you. Like just really vetting that process to you know, matching what we hope is someone what they really enjoy doing they're passionate about. But your business, like like anybody's business, is, is changing. Mm-hmm. Different jobs for different and people might be in a job, but they change, the contract changes, or mm-hmm. how does that, how do you take that into account? So as an organ, like what we tend to go after, right? So you'll hear stuff like staff aug or staff augmentation and different things. So for us, because the amount of time that you know, it takes to go in the process and finding the right people. We really go after things that are longer run. So I mean, there's no guarantee in the federal marketplace or any jobs, you know, things can be cut overnight if they had to. Um, but what we try to go after and what we target are things that, you know, at a minimum have like a five-year run or have a good legs to them. Mm-hmm. So that person can only grow in that position, but then we can, you know, once they've been there one or two years, try to transition to something else. And we're only a four-year-old company, but it's stuff where, you know, we're not going after things that are you know, a 90 day project or something like that. It's not really a business model. That you're going over, over right. Over because it. for us to churn and find <clears> the right <throat> people just to, <clears throat> by the time they get on board, two or three weeks, you know, mil, you know, government stuff requires levels of clearances, maybe two or three weeks to even get you on site. By the time that's said and done, you've got, you know, 45 days and then the project's over. Um, it's just not a good business model for us. So we're able to kind of, uh, you know, keep that continuity with a lot of our people just by choosing the opportunities you'd like to pursue. And that's been very successful for you. Do you have, I mean, I'm assuming that you have a very successful company, right? We have done well for ourselves. Um, we've grown deliberately, as I like to say, um, thanks to, you know, hopefully making the right decisions on what we decide to pursue. And, you know, the partners we work with who have been great um, and everything else. So, yeah, it, it's worked out nicely so far. Um, definitely not a boom and bust thing. We've just had a nice gradual progression every year. We haven't hit something where you'll you'll see those stories where a company had five people and all of a sudden now they have 300. That has not been our <laughs> story, but that's also probably not really our vision for the company either. But um, yeah, we, we like where we're at right now. We like where we're going for us and our people. That's good because um, I've seen these boom and bust kinds of things <laughs> and it's hard on, on, on everybody. Definitely. It's, 
No, it's not. So you're, you concentrate on the uh, Veterans Administration, or do you get, uh, cover every agency? Uh, we focus more on, you know, you try to do the analysis of where the most opportunities might come, looking at forecasts, looking at funding, who's going to have that access to funding, all that stuff for the fiscal year. And then it's, you know, what's the competitive landscape? You know, how you know, difficult is there an incumbent? Is there someone already on that contract that's likely going to win it? Are they having to roll off? Is there a reason it's going from a large to a small? There's a, really a lot of criteria that go into that. As far as like where we're targeting, you know, we just received, you know, we're on schedules. We have our facility clearance as a company now. It's those things that are opening up, you know, other avenues. So, you know, there's nothing more than I'd like to be a part of the DOD mission or the IC mission, um, the intelligence community, you know, the, the three-letter agency stuff, where just the mission itself is like really rewarding just for your people. And, you know, then you're a part of the mission again, which goes back to my time in the military. It's something I'm passionate about. That being said, you know, a lot of the stuff in our training that we do from corporate training, everything else with our people as we kind of evolve and develop is really based on the fact that, yeah, I mean, every job's have things that people don't like. You said the other day, it's not always, you know, you know, sunshine, rainbows and unicorns, that sort of stuff. But it's like, you know, how are you finding the joy in those moments? Like, where are you finding, what's the phrase I'm blanking on right now, though, that perfection in, ah, the phrase is leaving me, but I'll go down that rabbit hole then. But, you know, how do you find that enjoyment, that challenge and, you know, solving your client's mission, making the best thing possible or outcome for them occur, things like that to where they're truly rewarding experiences and less transactional than most. And that's where we try to focus our attention, no matter what our customer or client is. So, uh, first of all, this is not a veterans uh, program, and it's not a, uh, a, um, a mil- military, and it's not government. But he has, we have him here because he's has a company and he's successful. And and and, and on the side, we also have veterans and all the rest of it <laughs> too. Bring and it I, all in. I, I hope that you'll come back. And we are having veterans programs and military programs. Uh, as, as well, but uh, for now, the the lesson and the final lesson for the uh, <laughs> listeners is that uh, to be successful, you have to have a mission in mind and you have to execute. <laughs> right? Is that right? Right. You have to have the follow through to make it worthwhile. Uh, so, certainly. Well, I'm going to follow his advice because I have a small business and I'm not mission driven, so I had to find somebody who is. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much for being with us today and. Uh, and um, we we'll hope you come back and uh, hope you've enjoyed it. This has been a first time and, you, you know, cool experience for me. And just, you know, thank you for having me. And if I can ever be a service to you, just let me know for sure. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.